following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Praise God. I mean, appreciate Big Steve coming back to be with us this morning. Before you sit down, wave at your neighbor and grin at him real big. Let's get at it. declaration up. We'll say it out loud. Come on up with me, Dan. Let's say it out loud. You want to? Let's do it. Boom. In this month of Av, we listen to our Father's words. We declare this to be a time of prosperity, celebration, and goodness. We're proceeding through the narrow straits with a focus-filled faith and praise. Our giving of first fruits offering is assurance and expectation knowing the Lord will provide. Today, in great faith, we choose to believe God's promise and to enter God's blessing. For His glory, we are advancing God's kingdom and moving forward in His power and anointing. Amen. I receive that. Don't you? Come on. Y'all give Dan a mic there. Me and Dan's coming together. We're going to double team you today. He'll give you both barrels going to give you more than you want. Touch your neighbor to you about get more than you want today. We had a prayer meeting here Wednesday and it got good to us. You know when the prayer meeting get good? Yes. It got good to us. Like the Holy Ghost was all over us and we started praying and we really felt the anointing for breakthrough. That God's really ready to, ready to do something in our lives, through our lives. And so uh, we wanted to continue that. Uh, Dan was leading that prayer meeting and he, he brought some great points and thoughts about, about prayer and breakthrough because, you know, it's as if God uh, won't do it without us. Yes. They say, you know, God only works with prayer. And so I really believe that this is a season that faith gets back in our prayer life. Yes. You know, the enemy will get to wearing you out sometimes and make you think that God's not going to answer your prayers. But I'm telling you, I believe we're in a season where God's answering prayer. And uh, some of you may have been delayed, but delayed doesn't mean denial. That God's ready to answer some prayers, not just in our lives. I believe in our, in our nation. You know, the, the enemy's overplayed his hand, I believe, in our nation. And he's, he, you know, he thought he had the upper hand. But this thing's, this thing's about to turn around on him for what uh, God meant. What he meant for evil, God's going to bring it about for good. So uh, we just need, I think, align with that and begin to move uh, with what Holy Spirit's saying. And so we just wanted to pause. We're doing two separate, different services today. Dan and I are teaming up here this morning. It's an honor for me to be sitting here with Dan. And then uh, second service, if you want to hang around, if we can still find space to social distance, Anthony Summer's going to be with us from California. He just happened to be Atlanta. Anthony's a friend of mine who basically turned a transportation company there into a ministry that now has answered the need of California's prison reentry uh, they dropped it from 70-something percent to like 5% people that go back to prison because of his company. He hires only, only prisoners 
uh, to work in his transportation business, and they changed the whole city by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so he's going to be with a second service because we believe God's doing that kind of supernatural stuff. So, Dan, get us kicked off, and I'll jump in there with you when I can. Well, I believe I can honestly say this uh, word was birthed in prayer Wednesday. We kind of got started. And uh, the Bible tells us in James, it talks about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And that word effectual fervent just means where we get the word energy, mm. energel. You know, your prayer has some energy. And that energy is the Holy Spirit. And, and then the Bible goes on to tell us and give us the example of a guy called Elijah. The Bible says he was subject to like passions. In other words, he felt depressed at times. He felt discouraged. He felt overwhelmed. He felt all these things. But the Bible said he prayed for it to not rain, and it didn't rain. Mm. And then he prayed for it to rain, and it did rain. Well, I got to thinking about it, and I, and I was looking at the verses where the Lord speaks to Elijah, I think it's in 1 Kings 18. He says, tell Ahab to get off his mountain after there had been a, a confrontation and God's fire fell. And he said, tell Ahab he's getting ready to rain. Well, if I'd been Elijah, I'd have hopped on somebody's chariot and rode off with them, I think. But Elijah doesn't. Mm. The Bible says he goes up on the mountain to pray. Now, here's my perspective. You might want to take some notes because you need to search this stuff out for yourself. It was God's word, God's plan, and God's idea that it's going to rain, but Elijah had to pray. My, my. And the Bible says that he was praying with his head between his knees. I used to think he was so desperate and he was so worried it wasn't going to rain, but I did a little research, and prophetically and physically, that was the birthing position in Elijah's day. A lady birthed her child in that position. So prophetically... While he was praying, I think something was being birthed through him. And he prayed one time, and it didn't happen. He prayed seven times, and finally he saw a cloud about the size of a man's hand, said, let's get out of here. And before they got out, the sky was black, and it was pouring down rain. Well, my deal is, you know, the Bible talks about the substance of faith. Is there a substance of prayer? Mm-hmm. You know, we get to praying, and uh, uh a pastor that I respected well when I first started told me this one time in a class, and I've gone back to it many times. He said, if you're going to be successful in the ministry, there's two times you need to pray. He said, pray when you feel like it and pray when you don't. And so you're praying <laughs> in by what you're feeling, you know. But you, but you see, the Bible says in John 7, 37, first of all, perseverance, when we think about that, I, when I think of perseverance, I think of uh, Matt and Holly going to CrossFit. And what, when they come back, I try to get them to give me an impartation, but it don't work that way. You know, they go work out, lay hands on me. Well, you know, I'm sitting here by my hero, I'll tell you, my brother. And uh, he does some great preaching, but I can't live my life on his revelation. Wow. I got to get some revelation for my own. And, uh, and so... And perseverance, we, you know, we think is a bad word, but it's only used one time in the entire Bible. Now, there's words that imply that, like long-suffering, patience, endurance, but the word perseverance is only used one time in the King James Bible. And guess what it's used about? Prayer. 
Ephesians 6, 18, it says, when you put on the whole armor of God, what do you do? You, you pray with supplication and you watch with all prayer and perseverance. Well, what is the perseverance? Well, I, you know, you go to the look in the Old Testament. Remember David's uh, mighty men? And I think it's 2 Samuel, let me see here, 28. There are three of them, Shammah, Adino, and Eleazar. Shammah had kind of, a, he was kind of, he had kind of a mundane position. You know, some of you, you're, you, you're kind of discouraged because you think what you're doing is not important. Mm. I won't tell you it is important. What looked like to him wasn't important. His job was to guard a pea patch. Basically, that's what it was. But he stood in the middle with his spear and he defended it. There was one guy, Dino, he was outnumbered 800 to 1, but he killed 800 Philistines. He was overwhelmed, outnumbered, but what? He persevered. And then there was Eleazar, he just got tired. You ever just get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Mm -hmm. Well, he got tired, but guess what? He held on to his sword for so long and fought the battle for so long when the battle was over. And every time in those people's lives, it says God wrought a great victory. My question is, well, it was men doing it. Where was God? God was doing something through him. And Eleazar, they had to pry his hand off the sword. Woo! But what was it? What is the persevering thing? The Bible says in John 7, 37 through 39, that when we would receive the Holy Spirit, that out of our belly would flow rivers of living water. I kind of believe that every time we pray, the power of the Holy Spirit is released. Mm -hmm. And see... The devil t makes us thinking that we're not saying the right thing or we're not doing it the right way or God doesn't hear us. But what it is, we have to release the power through a prayer because, you know, God made the decision, not me. He said, you pray and I'll answer. So you see, I believe the Holy Spirit is released when we pray. Now, it doesn't sound crazy and the world doesn't like it, but you get a crowd like this in church and everybody get to praying in the Spirit, it don't sound good, but I want to tell you something. You're talking about power being released. Come on now. Yeah. You're talking about power being released. The Holy Spirit's released. And the Bible says out of your belly. And Pastor Kent tells us to put our hand on her belly. And it bothers me because I got a big belly. But I do it. But do you know what that word means in Greek? It's the word koelia, which means womb. Wow. You may be a man, but you got a spiritual womb. You can't birth anything, but the Holy Ghost bursts stuff through you. Yes. And see, if, and, and, and that's why the Bible says that when Zion travail. You see, there's a travailing in birth. There's a travailing in prayer. It's not a physical thing, but sometimes you just have to stay before the Lord and just keep letting the Holy Ghost pray through you. Or even when you're praying in English, the Holy Spirit's praying through you. And guess what? You can birth things in the spirit realm. You can birth things in the physical realm. I prayed for my brother a long time. But I, but I was thinking about that the other day. But I remember the day and when I said, Lord, I release you. And something happened to me. Now I know what it was. It was a release of the Holy Ghost. Wow. It was power that re was released. You know, it's kind of like uh, Elijah over there when he raises the, the widow's son from the dead. He stretches himself out on him three times. Why? Not because he didn't do it right the first time. Not because he didn't have faith. 
it takes power to raise dead people. Hmm. Now, the Bible talks about there's a measure of faith. You can have little faith, much faith, more faith. You can have little grace, great grace, abundant grace. Well, there's power. Power is released. David said, I'll say it once, I'll say it twice. Power belongs unto God. Sometimes I think I just quit too soon. I just need to keep praying and releasing that power. Come on. And because that's why Jesus said this. He said, some things just don't happen without prayer and fasting. He doesn't mean that our fasting you know, begs God or anything. But I want to tell you something. When I fast and pray, my spirit gets sensitive and God can move through me a lot better than he can after I swallowed a gallon of the bluebell. Like I'm just telling being real weak. <laughs> and, but, but you see, and here, here's the deal. See, in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 3, 16 and 6, 19. My references may be wrong. The Bible says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, when I say here's the kicker, that's the word that, this is what excites me. Now, the word is translated temple, and, and the word is naos, N-A-O-S. But lit, you know what that word literally means? Holy of holies. In the, old, in the temple, where was the presence? And how did you get there? You had to start, you had to come in, and you had to, and you had to go by the altar, go by the, but when, you, when the priest got to the Holy of Holies, guess what? That, that's, that's where, and so what the Bible is saying is, see, inside of you, inside of you, the Holy Spirit, God's Holy of Holies is there. And when you pray, it gets released. That's why when you pray, God does stuff. That's why when the church prayed, it got Peter out of prison. You said, well, they didn't believe that he could get out. I don't know what they did or not, but I believe they released enough the power of the Holy Ghost that the chains fell off, Woo! the angels showed up, and a door opened up on its own. Come, Come on, on now. now. But see, I try to kick the doors open myself, but God said if I release the Holy Spirit, they'll open on their own. Now the Bible says, and Pastor Ken, I don't mean to run on. I'm just Keep it up, man. You're doing good. That it said it's a river of living water. Mm-hmm. Rivers of living water. Well, you go to Revelation 22, and I know Revelation is symbolic, but he's, it shows flowing out from the throne of God is the river of life and on each side of the river where these trees and everything gets healed and all that stuff well here's another deal the same phrase is translated rivers of living water in John is the same phrase translated river of life in Revelation so I propose to you the same power and force that's flowing from the throne of God will flow from your holy of holies if you'll just let it flow. Mm. And that same power will move. You see, it's not us, but the Holy Ghost can move anything. You know, I like, I like Pastor Kent calling him the great Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will move stuff. You know, that's why, you know, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, yes. says the Lord. Yes. And that brought me to the concept of... Uh, the tipping point. If you'll read Revelation 3, or I think it's Revelation 3 and Revelation 5, the Bible said there's bowls in heaven that represent the prayers of the saints. Well, you see, it's not, it's not the, the long praying when, 
when Jesus said that the judge helped her, it helped the widow woman because he she worried him to death. In the Greek, it means she was bold enough to ask him. We got to get bold enough to ask God for the big stuff. He come says, on. when you come before the throne of grace, you don't come ashamed, discouraged. He said, come with boldness. That's confidence. And he's, when he said come, he didn't say come when everything's going good. But he said, you come to find help and grace in the time of need. You see, the devil tell you, well, you messed up. There's no need to pray. Well, if you mess up, that is the time to pray. And let the Holy Ghost pray through you and let God do what he wants to do. Because he wants to move. And if there's ever been a time for the church to pray, mm. this is it. Now, the Lord gave me a little more revelation on my own about this. But for a long time, after I, even after I got saved, but when I grew up in the church and when you went to the altar to pray, the saints would tell you to let go and turn loose. And it was kind of confusing. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me the other day and said, Dan, mm. there's some things you've got to let go of before you can hold on to the other thing. Wow. In other words, you can't hold some things together. There's some things, they may not be bad, but I got, I got to choose between what's good and what's best. And I don't know what about you, but I want the very best in these days and age. I know that I'm 68 years old. Some of my prayers I won't live to see because they're prayers about the future, about my family, about my children. But I want to tell you, I'm letting the Holy Ghost pray through me, and the Holy Ghost is out there in the future. He's working those plans. He's finding husbands for my granddaughters. He's finding jobs for them. He's getting them educated. Why? Because I'm releasing the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's just go all the way. Let's talk about the ten virgins. God didn't say they were wicked or evil. He said some were wise and some were foolish. Mm. What made the difference? The foolish had the lamp, but they didn't have the oil. See, you're wanting the ministry, and you don't have no oil for it. Woo. All right, let me take that back. I want the ministry, but I don't have the oil for it. The wise ones... They, they brought the oil first in the lamp. You'll never have a ministry without the oil. My, my, my. Shoo. You're never going to have success. You may have a lamp, but it's not, it can't burn without the oil. But you see, oil is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. You get in the manifest presence of Jesus. Now, I haven't been in too many wildernesses in my lifetime, that, or maybe I was too ignorant to realize it. But I found out that when I don't feel God, I got to keep talking to God. Why? Because he, he's there. I may not feel him, but he's there. But I know one thing. If anything gets accomplished, it's because the power of the Holy Ghost moving through us. Mm. And see, they, they, and they said, could we, could we borrow some of you all? They said, we don't have enough for us and you. Now, I love to hear Pastor Kent preach. I love to hear some of you teach. I love to hear some of you sing. But I can't live off your oil. My. I want God's fresh oil. I got to live off the oil that he gives me, and it only comes from the Holy Ghost. Wow. Because, because you see, here's, here's the thing. When, as, as we pray, and, I, and I'm not saying that your prayers are, 
or the Word of God doesn't have anything to it. Craig reminded me of this in prayer Wednesday. Before he went to Iraq, I wrote out, I think it was Psalms 144, wasn't it, Craig? I think it in my handwriting and laminated it and gave it to him. And it says, and basically it says, God teaches my hands to war, my fingers to fight, and talks about his protection. Craig, you straighten me out. There's power in the word. He took that thing with him, and I think it's been to a lot with a lot of other people. But this is one thing I know. In Craig's unit, 1,241 left, 1,241 came back. Woohoo! <laughs> I'll stand on my feet and say I believe in the power of the Word of God. Woo! I believe in the moving of the Holy Ghost. You take the Word and the Holy Ghost, look out, you're dangerous to the devil. Wow. The reason I remember it so vividly, I remember the day he came back. And I was walking up the sidewalk, and I kept seeing all these little new trees that were planted. And then I looked down, and I realized what they were. They were planted in honor of young men and women that didn't come back. Now, I can't explain that, but I can just tell you, I believe the Word of God will watch over people. And I believe the Word of God is powerful. And I believe that, that you know, we pray the Word. George Mueller, I don't know if you read about him, he mm -hmm. He was a pastor, and he had great faith, and he, he, he wouldn't ask anybody to donate. He would just pray. He'd, try, he'd run orphanages, big orphanages, and feed, and feed children in troublesome times, and he'd pray till God supplied the need. George Mueller prayed 63 years for his best friend to be saved. God. His best friend was saved at the funeral where he was buried. Wow. George, you see over in Hebrews, it talks about at the end of that great faith chapter, it said some of these people, they didn't receive everything God promised. Why? Because God was waiting to fulfill everything in us with them, and then mm -hmm. it's going to be made perfect. So, you see, we need to learn to pray and release the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Because, you see, if we do that, then we're going to walk in victory. But God needs people who are persistent, committed, and determined. And that, and that comes through the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Pastor Ken, I mean, take off a big run. What, My God, what I don't, I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> well, That's you see... Powerful. Church, here's the thing. Mm. Jesus instituted prayer. And it's talk, it's just, he's talking to God. But I do believe that every time we pray, the Spirit of God is released. Yes. The Spirit of God is released. The Spirit of God is released. Jesus, Jesus didn't pray all night. Because he didn't think the Father could hear him. I went those with the time he prayed, the Bible talks about him praying one night, one time all night. I, be, I know he prayed more than that, but but you see, Jesus had to pray just like you and I pray. Mm. And see, the that the Holy Spirit was released through his praying, just like it is through our praying. 
Jesus prayed in, over in Gethsemane, headed to the cross. What was it? He was releasing, the, God was releasing the power of the Holy Spirit with, with him, through him, through him. And when he got, and when he got through praying, he, he, he was ready to go. Isaiah says prophetically that he had set his face as a flint. Mm. You see, the Holy Ghost can give you determination. It's not self-will. It's, it's God's willpower working through you. I said it's God's willpower working through you. It's God's willpower, his will and his power. I, when I was growing up in church, there was a little lady in my church said, if anything went wrong, anything bad happened, her phrase was this. May the will of God be done. Like if the will of God happened, all hell was going to break loose on everybody. And that scared me till one day I found out God's will is good and God's will is perfect and God's will acceptable. You get to walking in the will of God and in the power of the Holy Ghost, there's not a demon in hell that can stop you. There's nobody out there that can stop you. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'd like, prevail uh, if you can, throw up that scripture. I think it's about protection we had for slide. It was really praying for protection for the children and teachers this year for school. See what that verse says? I forget what the reference is. But it says, you are a hiding place for me. God's got us hid. Now, I can't explain everything about the virus but I, the word says that God has us hid, and you preserve me from trouble. Mm -hmm. God can preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Now, I believe God can keep us, and he can help us. You say, does it work? I promise you it worked. I promise you it worked. But you got to believe what the Lord said, and you got to trust what the Lord said. I'll share this, and then I'll stop. I don't want to wear you out. But I didn't. I didn't come to this place overnight. I had to. I had to learn, and then I've had to unlearn some stuff. But I learned to listen to the voice of God through what was for me and Dawn a uh, kind of a. Uh, I would say tragic, but stressful time. Stephanie, our daughter, was in the first grade. This four cell phones and all that. And one day she decided to run down the slide at school instead of slide down it. And she ran down, ran down and she broke her leg. And Dawn and I came in from somewhere and we had a, uh, our phone was ringing. It was a school. They had already taken her to the doctor and we got there and her leg was broken. The doctor said, I, you know, I'm going to have to set it and we'll see what happens. And we kept going back. And he said, it's just not healing correctly. We're going to have to operate on her. And the surgery was, you know. And so I was praying one day. One of the distinct times I remember the voice of God speaking to me. And the Lord said, Stephanie's not going to have to have surgery. I'm going to heal her. Mm. Well, I was young and. A novice, and, on th and I just went and blabbed it to Dawn. I said, this is what the Lord told me. Well, she said, well, that's great. I, I, I believe you heard from the Lord. Well, we went back to the doctor, and nothing had changed. And back then, I said, well, okay, we're going to have to put her in the hospital. 
Back then, they put you in the hospital for a couple of days before they operate on you. And, and every time they x-rayed in the hospital, that leg wasn't healing. We got to operate on it. And so back then, you know, I was a young pastor and all friends of church. So I felt like I was surrounded and overwhelmed because I was in that hospital room. A young pastor. And all those people went to my church. And I hadn't told them, but I told Dawn. And I, I was so overwhelmed I couldn't look her in the eyes because there she was concerned about her baby and I supposed to be a man of God told her this wasn't going to happen all I knew is I, I didn't talk much but I just kept saying Lord I don't understand but I trust you I trust you I trust you so they came to get Stephanie and that was a horrible thing seeing them take her surgery and they and they, they said well you know you stay right here well she's gone about 15 minutes and the phone rang and I can't remember if it was Dawn, but somebody answered. I th- I but who, but it may have been Dawn or me. They said, uh, is this Mr. and Mrs. Maddox? And we said, yeah. I said, well, uh, Stephanie will be back in the room about 15 minutes. doctor took an x-ray. He said he felt like he need to take one for surgery. And that's, that leg is healing completely perfect like it's supposed to be. <laughs> Keep setting it's down. All your- Keep setting down. It's she, I don't, can't explain that, but I believe every time I prayed, I kept releasing God's presence. I may not have felt like I was, but somebody was. And so, you see, persevering in prayer isn't that you always pray a long time. That's what I was trying to say, but what I want you to understand is your persevering in prayer is releasing the power of the Holy Spirit into a situation and some things take more power than others you've had things you've had to have more grace for some things in your life than you have to others you've had to have more faith well sometimes you need more the power of God but God's power is always sufficient it will allow him to release all that he wants to release through us I promise you you'll see things happen and this is a time that the enemy would want us to feel defeated and walk in defeat I believe it's an opportunity for us to live in great victory. And I want to be like, I want to be like Shama, Eleazar, and Adino. I want God to wrought some great victories in my life. Thank you, Pastor. And it comes through prayer. Yes. And, but stay here, Dan, because I want you to impart to us here in a minute. Uh, you know, Luke 16, 16 says, The prophets were preached until John the Baptist. Now the kingdom of God is preached, and men and women press into it. And so what a lot of people don't understand about the kingdom of God is that it's a realm. And there's a realm that we actually enter into. God seldom enters your realm. you got to enter his realm. And so we just sometimes think God's just going to do it. But what happens is God seldom enters our realm. We have to enter his realm, which is the kingdom realm, the spirit realm. And then we bring back into our realm what God's doing in his realm. That's why it says you have to press in to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is preached, and you press into it. And then this persistence part's interesting. Dan quoted Luke 18. It says the woman went to the judge to be vindicated, 
And it says she continued to ask for vindication to the point that it says the judge, even though he was wicked, did not fear God and was unjust. He gave her her request because of her continued persistence. Sometimes I just think we just quit too soon, way too soon. And we don't realize that even Jesus himself said this. He taught the Lord's Prayer. And right after the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, he says something very interesting. He said, it's like a friend who goes at midnight to another friend's house and asks for bread. And the guy, the friend's asleep. And even though he's his friend, and even though he knows his friend in need, he won't get up and come answer because of the lateness of the hour, but because of his continuous knocking and persistent, the guy gets up and gives him his request, and then he goes right into saying, ask, this is the translation, and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. It's that persistence in it that we think sometimes is religious, but in actuality, it's a tenacity that happens in the spirit realm. I call it bulldog fate. You know, bulldogs' noses are slanted up so they can grab a hold of you and not let go and keep breathing. And I think sometimes we just got to get some bulldog fate that we're going to get a hold of something. When, when Dan and I grew up in church, they called it praying through. You didn't just pray, you prayed through. And sometimes it took five minutes, sometimes it took five hours, sometimes it took five days, sometimes it took five weeks. But they wouldn't stop until they felt the victory had been accomplished in prayer. And so I think that this is that spirit that God's wanting to release in us in this hour is this, this spirit of tenacity in prayer will re-enter into God's realm and press in to the kingdom and begin to believe for the miraculous, begin to believe for the breakthrough, the deliverance, the healing, the manifestations of the kingdom of God, financial breakthroughs, healing, healing breakthroughs, medical breakthroughs, coronavirus to be defeated, economics to turn around. But we're going to handle it in prayer. And it could be why God locked us in the house. That we can do more for the kingdom of God on our knees in our house than we could have in meetings all the time at church going through religious rhetoric instead of actually praying these things through. Uh, I'll never forget one time I was praying uh, about financial needs and, uh, and I was sitting there on my back porch. I looked, had a little house in Florida. I was sitting there looking at the back porch. And I was praying about some financial needs, talking about this realm. And all of a sudden, just I saw something move, like a shadow, just, just move. And I was like, did I just see something while I was praying in the Spirit? And the Lord said, yes, that's the angel of supply. I said, well, and I said, well is he bringing me something? The Lord said, no, you need to send him to get it. Because he, he, he ministers according to your word. So I said, I release you, angel of supply, to go get our needs and bring it back. So we had just started our own ministry at the time. My office was in our house. And uh, we, needed, we needed several thousand dollars that we didn't have. And Josh, my oldest son at the time, he was only young 20s. And he came and he said, Dad, have you prayed about our financial needs? I said, yes, I have. He said, well, did God tell you anything? I said, he sure did. He said, what did he tell you? I said, an angel came. He's like. Really? I said, what? You know, he was like, really like, he was rather wanting to hear like a check came, right? But I said, an angel came. And he said, you saw him? I said, I think I did. And he said, what did he say? I said, he didn't say anything. 
I told him what to do. And he said, what'd you tell him to do? I said, go get our needs. He goes, okay. So he walked off like, there's dad, he's in that realm, you know. So two days went by, three days went by, four days went by, five days went by, six days, seven days, eight days, nine days, ten days, two weeks. Now almost the third week, it's D-Day. Like we, like everything has to be paid that day. And it was that day. And so Josh came back by and he said, Dad, you had not seen that angel again anywhere, have you? No. <laughs> I was like, no. I said, but I, you know, it'll work out. That uh, I got in the car. And remember when it had the bag phones? That's how old on that was. The bag, I had a bag phone in the car. And uh, I drove off and the uh, bag phone rang and I answered it. It was Josh. He said, you're not going to believe it. I said, what happened? I had met Evander Holyfield's wife five years prior to that. Had forgotten I'd even met her. She FedExed us a check with a note that says, I was walking in my kitchen and the Lord spoke to me in my kitchen to send you a check. I hadn't seen you in five years and it was a check for $10,000 that paid every one of our bills and just, just like that. And so I don't understand sometimes why there's the need to persistence. Daniel is an example. Sometimes you got to just push off. Sometimes I think it's more not getting God to answer. It's moving away the demonic stuff that's trying to hold it back. I understand that some of it. I don't understand all the logistics of why we persist in prayer sometimes. But I do know I saw a vision one time and it was in heaven. And it was a host of angels on horses. And they lit out like running and about to go over like the the of heaven's ram like to earth and stopped and walked back. And then they took off running again and they're about and stopped. And, and I saw this four or five times. I said, Lord, what is this? He says, it's answers to prayer. And I said, why are they stopping? He said, right before they're about to be delivered, my people quit. I wonder how many breakthroughs that we maybe got shortened of because we just didn't pray that one more prayer, that one more day, that, right? And so I just felt like today that the Lord, and I, the reason this is important with Dan, Dan is a man of prayer, and he carries a spirit of prayer. He uh, was called to preach at 17 years old, and the scripture the Lord called him to preach was not a salvation it's, the man was preaching on this verse, I looked for a man to stand in the gap and found none. And the Lord told Dan, you're, you're that man. He was 17 years old, got saved the first night of revival, got filled with the Holy Ghost the second night of revival, got called to preach the third night of revival, and he's been preaching since he was 17 years old. He's 68 years old now. And you know, you have these indelible imprints on your mind. Him and Dawn have pioneered so many churches in a denomination you know they would just go wherever God sent them and my dad and my mom and I when I was young we'd go and visit them and I, they were pastoring a small church somewhere that they were pioneering working diligently in and uh, I, I don't remember where it was now but I just know I see it as clear as a bell I wasn't 12 years old probably 13 years old there was a kitchen and then by the kitchen like a little uh, room looked like a it looked almost like a elongated prayer cloth I mean elongated broom closet it was only like three foot wide and about five foot long and I saw my brother's Bible laying in there and I asked my mom I said what is that room she said that's where your brother prays that's where he prays and if all my life it stuck with me that 
this small room. How many big things my brother birthed out of a small room. And I just feel like that he's got an impartation for us today. Not necessarily for us to get an answer to prayer, but just the spirit of prayer. And that spirit that won't quit and won't give up. I don't know about you, but I'd love to get an impartation today for my personal prayer life. That God would begin to lead me in another level of prayer. Because I believe God is ready to bring healings and manifestations and breakthroughs in every realm. Economically, spiritually, governmentally, financially. If my people, called by my name, humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek God's face, God will heal our land. So would you stand up with me this morning? I'm going to ask Dan to, uh, I'm going to ask the music to come back. And Dan, Dan, just to pray for us this morning. And then whatever else you feel led to do. Well, I, I won't tell you, please don't think that I don't think you know how to pray. This was just a thing to encourage us to keep on praying. Because prayer works. I don't understand everything about it. But Pastor Kent talked about the angel. I'll be honest, I've never seen one. Sitting over there in Maddox Hall, probably two weeks before Dr. Patio died. I was sitting across from her desk, and all of a sudden she looked up and, like, shocked. And she said, Papa Dan, don't you move. I said, What's the matter? She said, The largest angel I've ever seen is standing by your right shoulder. <laughs> Well, you had to know our relationship. I couldn't be serious very long. I said, is he a good one or a bad one? She said, no, Papa Dan, he's a good angel. But the Lord told me to tell you, you've got to learn to command him. And he'll do your bidding. Well, I believe that it's real. And I believe that that's part of it. And so... Today, as I pray, I'm going to pray that the Lord will open up the eyes of our hearts, that we'll see that like we've never seen before and experience things that we've never seen before, just not to experience, but increase our faith that we would get hold, as the Old Testament phrase was, grab hold of the horns of the altar and pray and believe God and see great things happen. So today, Lord, not through anything of me, but through the power of the Holy Ghost, I release the spirit of prayer over this house. Now, Lord, your prophecies over this place have been that we'd be a house of prayer and a house of worship. Hallelujah. 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 
And I believe truly in my heart that a real, genuine spirit of prayer has been released in this house today. And my responsibility yours, let's just take it and go with it and see what the Lord will do. Amen. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.